Hello and welcome back to the Big Feels Club podcast. Real content about mental health made by people who've been there. Which right now means people who are also having a big old freak out about what's happening. In the world. We're all freaking out about that Tiger King documentary on Netflix, right? That's what you've been? I didn't watch that with you guys, so I feel very left out. (laughs) I saw a meme this morning uh, that someone shared with me that was... Donald Trump talking to Jared Kushner and he's like just taking him aside and saying, I know what we'll do, release the Tiger documentary. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is the second in our series of episodes that we are making specifically for these pandemic times, looking in particular at the uniquely challenging aspects of being a sensitive cat at a time like this. Not a sensitive big cat, just a, just a regular-sized cat. Yeah. Today's topic is the information panic spiral. In other words, should we be reading the news? I don't know if it's like just reading the news, isn't it? Like when you go, I'll look at what the updates are on ABC and then I'll look at the updates on New York Times and then I'll look at the updates on that world tracker of all the cases that are happening and then I'll see what's happening on Twitter and then maybe I'll look at Facebook and <laughs> like you could just it's a little spiral and then you're like oh and then I'll it's been about 12 minutes I'm gonna go back to the top let's start with ABC again if I can just look at this from enough angles I'll know how I'm supposed to feel yeah to be honest I've actually hit a different stride with it and that like because there's there's now a regular hum to the announcements Mm. because it's been going on for a little while now. And so you're like, oh, the case load new maximum or lots more deaths here or, you know, it's all, it's, it sounds callous, but we, this is not the first time we've heard that now. Mm. It's more like the 10th time. So it's not, I don't know, it's got a, it's got a familiar hum to it, even mm. though it's still ext- like becoming increasingly horrific. The familiar hum of low-key terror. I have a question for you, which mm-hmm. is where would you describe yourself on the information spectrum right now from reasonably well-informed to far too well-informed? Uh, I don't know. I'd say I'm pretty well informed I think (laughs) I'd say I'm pretty informed but I had to institute a thing I had to institute a rule for me last week of you can't look at the news until midday (coughs) sounds like a great rule where'd you get that rule from did I get it from you yeah (laughs) (laughs) and I think that I just I think that I'm less kind of I need to have every piece of information. Yeah, because there was a time there where both of us were trying to, like, really understand what's happening. I feel like we've possibly moved a little bit past that. Uh, I think I understand it enough now to know that I just, it's, I know enough. Yeah. And I know that there's people who know a lot more. (laughs) as for me i have been doing that same thing of falling into twitter rabbit holes and cycling through abc various overseas news outlets the news wash spin cycle 
But I have also been trying on certain days to not get any new information until midday. Yeah. Which was was working pretty well for a few days and then past few days it's gone out the window. It's 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 a it's a cycle. It's a cycle. But the other thing I will say, and I don't know if this counts as being informed, but I have started reading Stephen King's The Stand, which is a book uh, written in the 80s about uh, super flu that rips through the entire world's population. It's this epic apocalyptic book uh, that I just had a real strange hankering to read. You are just that. that, It's like 1,200 pages long and I just, yeah. But it's... It's sort of a, it's for me, I think what it's doing is it's like a stand in for, for news. So instead of, <laughs> instead of jumping on, on the ABC website now, I'm waking up and I'm reading that and I am getting these funny sort of like, uh, bleedy crossovers between real world and fictional events. Cause I'm sitting there reading this book about the outbreak of this virus whilst you're listening to some, uh, like the Corona cast or something in the background yeah. where people are talking about the virus and it's like, whoa, this is. This is interesting. But at the same time, I actually think, yeah, it's like a it's a way of looking at it without really looking at it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Although I just it doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> Today's topic, the information panic spiral, should we be reading the news, comes from a bunch of you have emailed us with this question, essentially. Stuck in your own Twitter scroll holes. I wanna touch on one particular message we got, which I think kind of sums up the dilemma. So Julia wrote in saying, I wish sometimes that I could be one of those people who reads the news and it doesn't make them crawl on the floor crying from the sheer sadness and despair of it all. It's always hard to strike a balance between being informed and knowing too much that is out of your control anyway. Yeah. So there are a couple of things in there. One is that question of balance. The other, though, I think is is sort of specific to those of us who are kind of anxious, depressy types already, which is that, like, in general, one of the pieces of advice we give people who are having a hard time is stop looking at the news, right, even in normal times. Oh, yeah, totally. Because it's overwhelming. And the the 21st century clickbait version of the news is just relentless mm. at the best of times. Like, I often think my Twitter timeline kind of looks quite a lot like my internal monologue when I'm at my most depressed. (laughs) I've been like looking at Twitter again the past few days, which I haven't been in a really long time and posting a few things. And to be honest, it reminded me why I haven't been on those things in ages. Yeah. So there's this question, what Julia is saying, which I think is worth jumping into, which is, would it be better if I was the type of person who could look at this unflinchingly? That's kind of what's implied in the question. Like, am I somehow a bad citizen for for not feeling up to really, like, jumping into all this news? Yeah, totally. I think that's actually a really great question, particularly interpersonally, because one thing I've noticed the past week is that different friends or family are on different pages about how informed you should be. Yes, and it actually leads to like discomfort or judgment, mm. you know, and it's actually really tricky. Like I don't think that I've necessarily aced that. Mm. I guess for me, so one thing that I did, <laughs> it's, 
<laughs> in this past week, I, me and my sister uh, were both very panicky mm. and we had no idea what to do with any of this panic and all the things that we were reading. So we started a petition. Yeah. And it was interesting to notice, like, obviously some people really wanted to engage with it, but then some people just didn't want to at all. So specifically a petition for the Australian government to... To have more proactive measures to deal with the coronavirus pandemic. Yeah. As in, particularly as an Australian, and it depends how much you know about this, but across the ditch in New Zealand, they're more proactive about their approach and in Australia, they're being more like little by little. And for me as a concerned citizen, I was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> as a panicked citizen, I felt. And at the same time, I it was tricky because I, I don't know, I just feel complicated about it. I, I wrote this petition. I wanted to do something, mm. but I also was like, but I just am a regular old person. And I'm, I feel conflicted about that. But also just some people, you know, are in the space of I'm not going to engage with any of this stuff. Yeah, um, so for instance, you sent it to some friends and some were like, absolutely, I'll sign up, I'll boost it. But others were like, nah, not looking at that, no thank you, not, not for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that was, it's kind of like people really are at very different spots with this. Mm. And Given it feels so urgent, it can be tricky to know what the right approach is, I suppose. Yeah, I think that's kind of the guts of it. So there's this just absolute blanket sense of urgency and yet uh, the action one can can take is so limited, which is a, a real combination for anxiety. To be honest, though, what actually I found helpful is that I read far enough into it mm. in writing this petition that I was like, oh, all the things that I've been reading that I am like, why aren't we doing this or this or this? That advice has already been given yep. by people with much more power. And so, you know, it's happening already. You know, you, I think yeah. like as an onlooker, you can feel like it's really feckless. Mm. And again, I'm only speaking from the Australian perspective just because I, I like I, the different countries are dealing with it in different ways. But yeah, of like, oh, yeah, okay, they're, they are, even though it sometimes feels like it's a mess, <laughs> <laughs> they are getting the, the right information and there are mechanisms that are trying to do the right thing. Yeah, that's a it's a big one and as you say it is different in each country. It's that that classic nice edge balance of any of our democratic functions only work because we pay attention. But yeah. At the same time, uh you can't pay attention all the time individually. So I guess I want to touch on Without being able to answer that question, you know, what, what, how informed do I need to be? Because that is, it's going to be different for each of you. It's going to be different at each 
stage of this process individually. There'll be times that you can feel you can get involved and be doing things like making petitions and pressuring politicians. And at other times you will feel like you need to get the hell away from it. And that may change. And sometimes it may happen in the span of a few days. Exactly. (laughs) Corona days, which feel like months. Now, what I want to contextualize here is that this is an extraordinary time. When have we ever had such a potent combination of real world events and instant coverage and analysis? Oh, yeah. And also just like shit you have no idea if it's true, but <laughs> but it's so alarming yes. that sometimes you forget to consider whether oh, it is true. Totally. So I'm curious, like, so you you had this the example of the Spanish flu. Yeah. So, for instance, with the Spanish flu that this has been most compared to, um, that happened in 1918 and... We didn't know what the Spanish, we didn't know what the flu was until 1930. So they were really kind of flying blind compared to what's happening now. A much slower news cycle. Yeah. Compared to the like by the minute updates. Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, there's literally no end to the amount of information you could consume at the moment correct? on this topic. And I do think that that contributes, you know, we joke about like a, a corona day feeling like a month, but I think that that time distortion is in many ways a result of the information overload because just so much is happening and so much is changing in the space of a day. Yeah. That really does contribute to that sense that we're all aging about two years in the past two weeks. But what I think is happening now is that you know how when you're in a car and it's accelerating, yep. you feel you can feel it accelerating. Yep. But once you get to a speed of 110 Ks an hour, yeah. you you just feel like normal. So I you, feel like that you are starting to find a sense of equilibrium, is that what you mean? I would not call it equilibrium. <laughs> I would just say like, you know, you're like Oh, you heard some other places shut down. You're like, oh yeah. Oh, this place is shut down. This place is, you know. It's kind of panequilibrium. Well, it's just like, oh yeah. <laughs> Another one shuts down. Uh the other thing I want to say just on this topic of how this is extraordinary. So and just remembering that I think is really useful. I saw a tweet from Matt Haig, uh, who wrote Reasons to Stay Alive. And his tweet was, I miss other news. <laughs> As in, in other news, everything right now is about the same thing. Yeah. And it's not only the same thing, but it's the, it's a thing that impacts you directly. So, yeah, the news was scary enough in the 24-hour news cycle three months ago in more regular times. But now all the news is the same single thing and it impacts you. There's, yeah. a, there's, a, there's a kind of real leveling up of how intense it is to stay informed. So being overwhelmed by that does not necessarily say all that much about you and your sensitivities. Oh, absolutely not. It says something about what you're looking at. Or what we're going through. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I've actually found it interesting because most of the people that I know that usually aren't stressed, well, not most of, hmm. but a bunch of the people that I know that usually seem Chill. not stressed, yeah. 
are quite stressed. <laughs> Understandably, yeah. it's just kind of interesting, you know, like if you have a parent that never cries and then you see that parent cry, you're like, whoa, mm. shit is getting real. Mm. Uh, so it's just kind of that sort of feeling. Yeah. The other part of that for me is I heard someone frame this yesterday in terms of grief. Mm. Like at whatever layer you want to look at, I mean, there's the obvious stuff of losing or fearing losing people you love. And then there's the supposedly more trivial things that are nonetheless massive for individuals, like uh, someone got in touch telling us they are postponing their wedding. Yeah. And, you know, they understand that there are bigger fish to fry right now and yeah. yet um, that that's obviously a big emotional wrench. So there's the sense that we're grieving the year that was not <laughs> 2020, but we're grieving it in real time because it's happening right now. And what a strange thing to be reading all these news updates and think pieces and opinions and hot takes about something that you are grieving right now. Mm. It's a weird, it's a weird experience. All of which is a, you know, roundabout way of saying, uh, in relation to what Julia's saying, what, what the other messages we've got, kind of makes sense to be overwhelmed by the news. And it, and it makes sense to not, uh, want to engage with that 24-7. However, and this is the other bit we want to talk about is that doesn't mean it's easy to look away. <laughs> uh, Pema Chodron is a, a Tibetan nun, has this really nice metaphor that I think applies here. She talks about the, have you heard the poison ivy metaphor? No. So when you get poison ivy, you get really itchy and your impulse is to scratch, scratch it. it. But if you scratch it, it makes it worse. Yeah. The more you scratch it, the worse the uh, poison ivy gets. And she uses this uh, as a metaphor for any kind of unwanted habit. So for instance, for me, it might be picking up my phone and looking at the news. She would say, the reason I do that is because I'm already feeling uncomfortable. I'm feeling itchy. <laughs> I'm feeling unsettled as we all are right now. And I think, ooh, if only I get more information, it'll make me feel better. But reliably, it makes me feel worse. Yeah, I don't think it necessarily makes me feel worse. I think it's more like a distraction, weirdly. Mm, I don't know. Maybe I'm also just depressed. And so, like, <laughs> actually this whole thing happening is a welcome distraction from that, <laughs> like, to be honest. Like, that might be dark, but it is kind of – I have this weird sensation because I think I have been kind of depressed that actually it's been uh, – this is going to sound wrong, but mm. strangely – comforting that everyone is stressed together like it's not just me that's feeling out it's i i yeah i, I do hear that i have the opposite reaction because i'm a contrarian which is hey get off my lawn i'm the depressed one <laughs> this is my whole thing we can't all be depressed we could be, <laughs> <laughs> we could be. but that's the grief thing again so i do uh, that's why I found that that grief framing so useful. Is that yeah, that's what's happening. We are we are all collectively grieving, 
for something that's that's still unfolding. And yeah, grief, life grief, as you sometimes call depression, yeah, has has a lot in common. Well, I think maybe because you know, like life grief is kind of this thing of what could have been, what isn't, mm. accepting that. Mm. This is an interesting kind of thing that's happening because you have so little choice yeah. in what's going on. Yeah. So it's it's just a different sort of context. Absolutely. Yeah, and I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday who's had to close down uh, the cafe he runs mm. um, and is facing a, a great deal of uncertainty about what his life and business and world will look like a few months from now. And he was saying, yeah, the, the only thing he has is to walk his dogs and try and sit with the discomfort of uncertainty. Mm. So a couple of things I want to say there. One, if we, if we think of it in terms of grief, one of the things we've learned culturally about grief in the past few decades is people grieve in all sorts of different ways. Yeah. And that they're all acceptable. <laughs> say there's some ways that we probably wouldn't put in the acceptable way. Oh, there's definitely things you can do that that make you feel worse. There's things you can do oh, that blow, no, blow your mean, life like, up. I mean like, you know, hurting other people. Sure. Sort of thing. But the point is whatever you're feeling, whatever your version of experiencing this grief is is really your business. So if you want to dive into the news, even though it makes you feel more stressed, do it. However, if you think to yourself, as I do, I'd like to dive uh, in the shallow end and not the deep end, what can you do differently? So uh, we heard from Eliza who said uh, she's been trying a thing where every day she tells herself she'll stop looking at the news from 9 a.m. onward. And it's not working at all. <laughs> I was going to say, I'd go the other way around on that. <laughs> which is, yeah, exactly. So that's why she said she's now going to try um, the thing we've been doing, which is see how far into your day you can get without looking at it. And why do you think that's different? Like, why would you advise that way around? Oh, because once you start, you can't stop. And <laughs> anything with routine is, you know, that whole if you win the morning, you win the day. Oh, yeah. So that's why... If I'm ever trying to get out of a funk and get stuff back on track, mm. I always know the kernel is always the morning. Yeah. So that's pretty much the only part of the day that I have to fix to fix the whole thing. Yeah, that makes sense. So the thing of, for me, it's, and you've been trying this too, can I get to midday without looking at the news? And I have a little, like, alarm on my watch. Great. At midday. And then immediately at 12 o'clock on the dot, I dive straight in. Actually, I found that I haven't. I, I totally do. If I'm doing other stuff, I just don't notice. And then I'm like, oh, I can check the news now. Uh, yeah. That, so that's, I mean, that is kind of the point of it. Eh? If you have a little rule in place that, that that forces you to do something else. So for me, it might be I wake up and read my book first thing, or I wake up and I have my coffee and I go for a little wander around the block without going too close to anyone you know it's like it's something else to do instead of just pick up my phone having said all that i manage this maybe one out of every three days yeah i maybe do slightly better and there's something there about uh lowering the bar if if, if for success if if you are trying to break an unwanted habit especially in an extraordinary time mm. 
you need to be able to look at one out of every three days as has major success. <laughs> yeah, totally. So again, coming back to Pema, one thing she says, Pema Chodron says, uh, she has this idea of the pause. As in, are we going back to the Tiger King thing? Pause. <laughs> I can't believe you watched a big cat themed TV series without, without me. Last name Panther. Who's grown up with big cats. Humans with big cats for last names. But nonetheless, I feel personally affronted. Even though I literally told you to watch it because I wanted to remember. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think you are. <laughs> um, so Pema has this idea of the pause, P-A-U-S-E, where the idea is this. So she says the reason you're picking up your phone and going to the news is because you're, you're itchy, because you're unsettled, because you've got this feeling of discomfort. She says there's nothing wrong with that feeling and there's nothing wrong with picking up your phone. But what she says is, can you get curious? Can you pause for just long enough to see what that feeling actually is? That before you pick up the phone? Yeah, before you run away from the feeling, what is it? And the pause can last for a second. Mm. And that still counts. So you pick up your phone, you maybe pause one second before you unlock the thing. And it's, it's, the, the point is not, how do I stop picking up my phone? The point is, what is this feeling? Mm. What's it like? And what's it like when I let it be there? Uncomfortable. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Knowing Kima, the answer is uncomfortable. (laughs) This all, by the way, comes from a book of hers. I think it's her last book uh, called Taking the Leap. You mean her most recent book? Uh, Yeah, I don't know how old she is. I don't know if she's writing any more books. But anyway, yes, I think it's her most recent book. Uh, It's called Taking the Leap breaking free from unwanted habits and fears or something like that. I have the only copy uh, from Moreland Libraries out on loan, just as they've decided they're massively extending the loan period. (laughs) So look at me. But it's a really good book. I recommend it. Particularly in these weird times, it's actually been helping me kind of just get a little bit of a more useful frame on some of the fears that I've been experiencing. Hmm. The final thing we wanted to touch on was if I'm not looking at the news, if that's what you decide for yourself or even if you're just kind of going to take down your news diet just a little bit so you don't feel like you've been drinking from a fire hose, the question becomes, well, in what other ways can I be a good citizen? Yeah, well, I mean, the first thing I'd say is that there are some sources that deliberately try and focus on positive news. Oh, yeah? So some mates of mine run Future Crunch Mm. and they've been posting a lot of stuff around like the positive stuff that's happening. Such as? Uh, uh, You know, measures around coronavirus that are working, Mm. um, whatever kind of scientific breakthroughs are happening. Uh, So, yeah, more optimistic, Mm. not just like, ah, it's all awful. What's so funny about that is just kind of when when I think about why I pick up my phone, I skim past those optimistic ones because I really do. You want the doom. I want to wallow in the ah. Yeah. I think that's what I'm doing. That's quite a clarifying thought. And again, nothing wrong with that. But it's but it's kind of useful to know that's what I'm doing when I pick up my phone and go to the news. I'm actually looking 
to kind of match my internal feeling to some external new horrific update. Mm. Mindful panicking. Can I know that's what I'm doing, even if I don't stop myself doing it? I mean, isn't that the nature of most of life? Sure. Particularly life with a phone, like (laughs) the ones that we have now. (laughs) Where free will is an illusion and we all have addictive devices in our pockets. Um, But, yeah, the the good news thing. I just think it's kind of, to be honest, pretty similar to other times. They're not this extraordinary time, Mm. which is how do you look after the people that are around you? Mm. Except you would be doing it slightly differently Mm. um, at the moment. So, you know, maybe you wouldn't go knock on your neighbour's door. Maybe you'd just leave them a note with your phone number. (laughs) (laughs) We had a lovely lady up the street come and she had a bunch of tomatoes that I think she may have grown Mm. that she was saying were otherwise going to get thrown out. So she gave them to us. And she said, I've disinfected them all. Yes, and she came around and she was wearing gloves and, yeah. Yeah, it's such a weird time. I guess what I would say is I am kind of in in the phase right now, gosh knows how many days this will last, where I think it's going to sound weird, but the closest I can describe it is as much as I can't look away, I also have this overwhelming sense of just, I just, I'm over it right now. Over being a good citizen? Over what's happening. I don't want to look at it. I don't want to know about it. It's just almost like feeling I I can't care right now. It's interesting hearing from Julia saying kind of the opposite. Like when she's looking at the news right now, it's making her want to coil up on a ball and cry. For me, it's almost this feeling of just like numbness. And I do, again, think that speaks to this frame if we frame it in terms of grief kind of either either response makes perfect sense so i'm having this feeling of right now how do i be a good citizen i don't fucking know i almost like i don't know i'm throwing my hands up and i really want to hide away in my bedroom right now and read my ridiculously long book that's kind of my version i don't think that'll last and here we are doing podcasts like this and doing the little bits we can and the little ways we can help or hope we can. But I do just want to name that's okay too, if that's where you're at. The kind of, I don't know, I don't care place. It's real time. <laughs> so again, we've got a bunch more questions and topics you guys have sent in on the question of how this time is pushing your particular sensitive buttons. But again, send us more. Send us uh, your questions. Send us your thoughts at hello at bigfeels.club. And if you're not already on our mailing list, you can go to bigfeels.club and sign up to get a fortnightly dose of feelings in your inbox. A coronavirus news-free space, by the way. Uh, Yeah. Can we promise that? Yeah, we can promise that. <laughs> uh, I'm, I don't think we're too far off your deep dive on um, government policy, but we'll, oh. we'll, if that happens, you know, several layers of content warning beforehand. Yeah. Cool. 